folks, you are listening to the Yishai Fleischer Show here on thelandofisrael.com, broadcasting live from Jerusalem to the world, and you're a part of it wherever you are. I'm in the beautiful Mount Zion Hotel, maybe one of the nicest hotels in Jerusalem. It's not the fanciest, but it's boutique, and it overlooks the valley of Kidron, uh, overlooking the Mount of Olives, and from a corner you can look in and you can see the Temple Mount itself. And this hotel has a Middle Eastern Turkish kind of feel. There's even a Turkish bathhouse here, uh, classic uh, kind of style of steaming and the whole thing. And when you come here, you really feel that you're back in the Middle East. And when you're in the Middle East, you can bump into all kinds of people. You can bump into all kinds of people. Uh, you can bump into certainly Arab-speaking people and Jewish people with side locks and curls. And you can bump into every kind of Christian imaginable. Uh, Catholics, this kind of nun and that kind of nun, Eastern Orthodox with this kind of hat and that kind of hat. Just the other day, Saturday uh, on Shabbat, I was walking back home when the Ethiopian church was having some kind of big event that they were dancing and singing and me and my children stopped and we just looked to see the other uh, colorful mosaic that joins us here in Israel. At the same time, not everybody sees the beauty of the Middle East and there are competing narratives. That's what we talk about here on the Ishai Fleischer Show so often. Uh, and even within the Christian world today, there are so many competing narratives. Uh, certainly between uh, Catholic and, and Protestant, there's different narratives. But even within Protestant, within the evangelical world, which is supposed to be pro-Israel, that's how we all understand the evangelicals are friends of Israel, uh, is a kind of uh, monolith, we, we, we say it, and, and everybody accepts it. But even that's not exactly true. And with me today are three pastors, uh, headed up by Pastor Robert Stearns of Eagles Wings Ministries, which is uh, an organization, the largest pro-Israel Christian organization, ministering to 174 countries. Robert Stearns is a man who uh, works tirelessly, I think madly, to, uh, to support Israel and to connect the Christian world to Israel. He's been on my show before, uh, on top of his many talents. He's got a, a doctorate, and he's a, an accomplished musician as well. Pastor Stearns, welcome to the show. Great Yishai, to have you. It's great to be back with you, my friend. Great to be in Jerusalem. It, it's great to have you in Jerusalem, and, uh, you know, again, the, the first question that comes to mind is, why do you do it? Why, why are you so uh, into the story of Israel? Uh, you could be back in America doing, I don't know, what some kind of, you'd be great on television and a million other things. Why, why do you need the story of Israel? You know, uh, there's two answers to that question. I think the first answer to that question is, Many Christians, at least speaking for myself, uh, we love our faith. Our faith informs every part of our life, every part of our worldview. But if you mature in your faith, if you press on in your faith, you eventually come to the place that you want to understand the context, the roots, the foundation of your faith. How did we get here? Right. And that invariably leads you to the Jewish people. That well, a lot of people don't want to hear those roots, because if you go, go down to those roots, it might be competitive. It might be a problem. It might be a theological problem on some level. Not everybody wants to go down to the very root of the root. Well, you know, there's a great scripture in the Christian Bible that says, Hashem has not given us a spirit of fear. You know, we're not supposed to be led by fear. And if we if we press forward in faith with a sincere heart, we shouldn't be afraid of what we're going to find, right? God is going to lead us in a, in a good path. And so for me and for so many other Christians, discovering the reality of the Jewish roots of our faith, not just as a theory, not just as something that was out there that we know intellectually, but in a living way to understand what is the power of Shavuot? What is the power of Sukkot? Uh, what, what is the power of Shabbat? What what was Hashem giving to the world when he gave the Torah to the Jewish people? 
it enriches our faith. It doesn't compete with our faith. In many ways, it gives us such a sense of the covenantal continuity of God. It shows the character of God as a covenant-keeping God who honors his word generation after generation. So, my first answer to your question is that I think many of us are drawn by a sense of fascination and appreciation for the Jewish people, for their fidelity to Hashem, pogrom after pogrom, century after century, diaspora after diaspora, you kept faith in God, you kept the covenants of God, which eventually laid the framework not only for Christianity, but for uh, the framework of Western civilization as we know it. Now, unfortunately, uh, there's the positive and there's the negative. The flip side of the question is that today, we share a common fate. We not, have, we not only have the common faith, yes, of, of, the, of, of Abraham and of the prophets, but we have a common fate today in that we face twin enemies to our way of life, twin enemies to everything that we believe and hold dear. The first being a radicalized secularism, a radicalized materialism that wants to remove the knowledge of God, remove the framework of faith from any place of public discourse. And the second being a radicalized Islam. And these twin threats confront both of our communities, both of our faith communities. And so that draws me to this work morning after morning after morning. So you said that, that Judaism informs kind of your, your covenantal, your understanding of God is, is covenantal keeping. I mean, if it, if it wasn't for uh, the other flip side of what you're saying is that God's a liar. And we're saying God is not a liar. He has kept his covenant. The proof for that is not just Judaism, but Israel. As separate from Judaism, meaning to say the rebirth of the Jewish people in the land of Israel. Uh, the Jews have been around the whole time. But one could have said, and in some parts of Christianity used to say, that uh, indeed God left the Jews around in order to prove that, that he's forsaken them, that they have forsaken him. Uh, but it turns out that the, the Jewish people's return to the land of Israel is proof positive, at least in my eyes, that the Jewish people have, have, have been brought back by his promise, by his covenant keeping. How much, of, how much of, of, of the inspiration do you take from Judaism and how much from the rebirth of Israel? Listen, uh, I'm here leading a group of 25 senior pastors from across the nation, across America, about eight different states. And the first place I took them, they've never been to Israel before, the first place I took them was Independence Museum. Uh, in Tel Aviv, and we walked through the door, and I said, the first thing I want you to look at when you walk into this museum, I want you to look on the wall, and I want you to see the inscription of the prophet Amos. I will raise up the tabernacle of David. I will rebuild the ruined cities. The, the children of Israel will return to their homeland. I said, listen, when you woke up this morning and you ate breakfast, you ate a fulfillment of prophecy. Why? The lands have born fruit again. The, the, the lands are being farmed. The desert is blooming as a rose. The cities are being inhabited. Uh, Israel, the existence of the Jewish people in the land of Israel is God shouting to the nations that he exists and he keeps his word. And that is why the forces of evil are arrayed against this people and this land. So you're not only on a trip yourself, as you mentioned, you're here on a trip that you've organized through Eagle's Wings, uh, which, is a, which is a ministry that doesn't necessarily have one, um, one Christian, what's it called, bent, one Christian denomination. denomination. It represents a lot of people. You've brought in uh, 25 pastors, 24 of which have never been to the land of Israel. Correct. Why did you do that? What is the meaning of this trip? 
Well, listen, first of all, I just love to introduce anybody to Israel. It's, it's uh, one of the passions of my life. I've been bringing groups since 1991. I've brought over 10,000 people with me here to the land of Israel. So I always have the joy of introducing families and whoever can come. But we're living in a very crucial moment in world history, and evangelicalism is living in a crucial moment in its maturation process. And part of that is the farther away that we get from 1948... And the farther away we get from the Shoah, uh, the next generation, right, can forget, can forget what happened, can forget that energy, that, 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 that terrible energy and that wonderful energy, uh, the terrors of the Shoah and the jubilation of the birth of the state of Israel. And so it's necessary to reintroduce in a fresh and a new and a living way to the next generation of leadership the reality of Israel. Uh, certainly understanding the Shoah, understanding the birth of Israel, but also understanding modern-day Israel and the threats that are, are happening here right now. So we wanted to reach out to these pastors, uh, most of them leaders of very significant churches, very large churches, uh, and we, we said, listen, your ministry can't be complete. You, you can't get in the pulpit and hold that Bible uh, anymore without really understanding a connection to this place and this land. And, and they're having an amazing, amazing time. And the, the Bible that they've preached from for all these years is coming alive to them in a fresh and a new way. So why don't you introduce us to some of the pastors? Uh, I, I came into a room earlier, the, the uh, dining room here, and I saw them. And I, I commented that they look like a bunch of Marines <laughs> because they are just good-looking, manly men. You know, a lot of kind of strong guys that, that, that you've taken, and, and a lot of young people as well, which, which made me, in a sense, a little bit happy about, about the fact that there are people that are going towards religion. Young people look like, have successful faces on, who are choosing religion as, as a pathway in their life. That itself made me happy. Listen, we have a, a great dynamic group here. I intentionally reached out to younger pastors. Uh, you know, we're hearing a lot of concern that perhaps young people are, are drifting away from support for Israel. I don't think that's the case. I simply think they need a fresh introduction and they need an, a, a new packaging. It can't just be about the Holocaust, although that's obviously something that is absolutely central, but it has to be about what's happening today. They need that fresh uh, a fresh introduction, a fresh, if you will, a fresh framework to understand that. So uh, I've got two of them sitting here with me. Uh, pastor Rusty Nelson is the one other pastor who has been here before. I'm honored to have Pastor Rusty co-leading the trip with me. We've been dear friends for well over 20 years. Wow. He pastors a church of about 5,000 people in Huntsville, Alabama. This is his eighth trip to Israel. Uh, he came the first time uh, with his father. I'll let him tell that story. Uh, and uh, Pastor Rusty, why don't I pass it to you for a moment, and then I'll introduce uh, Pastor Matt in just a second. Okay, so Robert Stearns, thank you so much. We're passing the mic to Pastor Rusty Nelson, Huntsville, Alabama. I've never been to Alabama. Ishai, it's good to be with you, man. Yeah, actually, there are more. There's more there than just an Alabama Auburn football team, you know. But, <laughs> but yeah, it's a what, beautiful what, what, place. It is a beautiful place, right? I've seen <laughs> it in kind of the movies. I, I think of yeah. it as uh, I don't know uh, Forrest Gump type of thing, you know. Yeah, yeah. But but you know, and some people think we're we marry our first cousins. That's not true. No, I, I it's never second cousins. <laughs> we, we only go second cousins. But no, anyway. You have, you, have a, you have a big church of folks out there. Yeah. Five thousand people. That's a lot of people. Mm -hmm. That's a lot of people. Um, 
they're hearing that, that their pastor is, is heading out to Israel. What are they thinking about that? Actually, they love that uh, because just the, uh, what we would call our, our DNA, the lifeblood of our church, is always to honor Israel and to, to live in such a way that we know the covenant that God has made with his people. That, that's strange. Uh-huh. Alabama's far away from Israel. <laughs> Americans live, uh, you know, I always say in America, you go to Target. Here in Israel, we are yeah. a Target. You know, it's a, <laughs> yeah, you know, what do, you, what yeah, do, you, what do right. you exactly need to be connected to Israel for? I'm trying to understand the average person who's living an Alabama life, a calm life, a happy life. Sure, it's not about a need. It, it is about the ability to honor and to uh, not just remember and reflect, but to be a blessing. You know, we truly believe that uh, what God has said, that I will bless those who bless them, I will curse those who curse them. Is that something that that you were raised with? You know, it really was. My father, who is my hero, uh, I grew up in a pastor's home, but I grew up in a pastor's home that had great love uh, for the Jewish people. As a matter of fact, when I was 16 years old, he brought me here. Uh, He bought my brother a couple of years before, but he brought me here for my first trip at age 16. Now I'm 51 now. So at 16, uh, my father brought me. The next year, I paid my own way to come because of... Excuse me, what year was that? That would have been, wow, in 1980. Mm -hmm. It would have probably been 1979. And do you recall the Israel of 1980 versus the Israel of today? Yes, things were a bit different. It, you know, it, um, going back probably, um, you know, I just remember how incredible it was for me to experience. Because I, I had an experience when I was a boy. I'm sorry, just one second. Oh, yeah. I just want to ask you about your father for a second, yeah. and we'll get back to your experience. Your, your father, where did he get it from? You know, he, honestly, he just got it from the Word. Mm. My father uh, has always been a student of, of, of biblical culture, right. a student of our roots, which is the Jewish people and the covenant of God with Israel. So when re- I was re- a boy, Reading the book, seriously, yeah. makes a big difference. It does. If you actually read the book and live the book... And believe it, yes. And believe it. When I, but, but an experience that changed my life very quickly was when I was a boy, my father uh, would, was coming back and forth. He's probably been to the land 16 to 18 times. Right. And, but he, one of his Jewish friends came to stay with us in our home. And my father was preaching in a, in a small congregation in Alabama. Uh, he, he, not the one he was pastoring, but he went off to speak in another place. A little cameo. Yeah. And so while he was there, uh, he, his Jewish friend was with him. And uh, after the service, a man in that congregation attacked my father's friend. And began to scream at him, you killed my Jesus. My dad stood in the middle. Now, I'm a boy watching this. He stood in the middle of the attack and the Jewish friend. And he protected his Jewish brother. And that picture in my mind has stayed with me my whole life. And I felt like God dropped in my heart that that was a picture of how the church is to stand and to stand in sol- not just in solidarity, but do everything we can to do, to stand and be, as it were, even a bridge and 
and to stand arm in arm where there is attack and protection. And indeed, Israel, while being an amazing, strong country and a country re- reborn with this kind of Jewish, yeah. uh, you know, arms have, have been reborn as well. Not just the Jewish heart, the Jewish mind, yeah. the Jewish emotion, Jewish culture. Also, the Jewish fighting spirit is back. Uh, but at the same time, we are under attack. We're yeah. under attack by ideology, by narrative war that's against mm-hmm. us. And we're also attack, uh, attacked physically. And that's yeah. something that we're facing all the time. And we need our friends. We need our friends. How does, how, do you think we need our friends or, or do our friends need us? What do you think about that? I think it's both. Yeah, I, I think it's the T-shirt I saw here a few years ago that said, it's okay, America, we have your back. That's you right. know, I mean, that's good. Okay, I, can I tell you the funny thing about those T-shirts? If you go to the Arab Quarter today, they will sell you uh, uh, all kinds of pro-Palestinian shirts, and then right next door it'll say, you know, dear America, don't worry, Israel's got your back. But that, <laughs> it, it, Whatever makes money, you know, whatever narrative uh, <laughs> yeah. works for you. All right, so, so uh, Pastor uh, Rusty Nelson from Huntsville, Alabama, thank you so much. It's an honor. And, and your dad's name was? David Nelson. David Nelson, awesome. That's an awesome story yeah. and definitely an inspiring story uh, for all of us. I would like you to pass the, uh, the mic back to uh, Pastor Stearns. Pastor Stearns, you have uh, another pastor with you here. We've got, a, again, I said strong, good-looking guys who are part of uh, this, uh, this kind of atmosphere that uh, Pastor Nelson was talking about of protecting and strengthening Israel. Uh, we have uh, Pastor Matt Benson from Longview, Texas. Tell me a little bit about that. Absolutely. Well, uh, Pastor Matt, it's his first time here. He pastors a dynamic congregation of uh, close to 1,500 people there in Texas. He's part of a network of churches uh, that numbers many, many thousand, and a few of the other pastors from that network are here with him. Uh, he is a tremendous leader in in the Christian church, and uh, I think, you know, I'll let him tell his story, but uh, when the opportunity came his way, he immediately said, yeah, I want to be there. I want to I want to be boots on the ground. I want to see. I want to learn. I want to understand. See, there goes the Marine thing again. Yeah, there it is. There it is again. So boots on the ground. Pastor Matt Benson from Lawnview, Texas, Grace Creek Church. All right. Okay. Well, sir, good to be on your show. It's great to have you with us. Uh, and, and, you know, I have a special place in my heart for Texas. That's right. Because uh, I am uh, married to a Texan. And I, I feel myself to be kind of an honorary Texan. And when I'm in Texas, it's a very familiar spirit. Spirit right. of, of, of pioneering. Yeah. The spirit of, um, of, of knowing one's justice, knowing one's cause, loving, loving one's own story, very being proud, of, yeah. being patriotic, and also, and also being willing to fight for, for those rights. Absolutely. So tell me a little bit about yourself and your church. Man, uh, Longview, Texas. I was born in Manchester, England, actually. I uh, lived there for 18 years and moved to East Texas in 1997 uh, to uh, pastor a church with my family. My dad was a pastor as well, wow. just like Rusty's father was. And uh, in uh, 2008, I took the church over uh, from my father. He retired out of ministry. And uh, we've just seen God do incredible things in East Texas there. We've got a very young congregation. Uh, obviously, I'm young myself. I'm 36 years old. And I've got a very, very young, vibrant, growing congregation there. And I thought, I thought people were, were kind of moving away from Christianity, drifting away. Uh, I don't know what into, you know, to the movie theater, into right. materialism that Pastor Stearns was talking about. I didn't know that people were coming back to the church. I think, I think a lot of my generation and the generations coming after me... Um, they, they're looking for something real. They're looking for something that's actually making a difference. And a lot of churches uh, are stuck in the past and stuck in, uh, you know, hi- history, I guess. And just they're not really doing anything proactive today to put actions to what they believe. And so I think uh, the churches uh, that I'm a part of, our family of churches, we're very, very uh, proactive about living out our faith 
And uh, we believe that the church isn't just the four walls of our church, but uh, we're supposed to get outside the four walls and actually make a difference and put into action. But what outside we of those four walls, there are, uh, in Texas, just to the south, the drug wars of Mexico. Sure. There is the, the, the sexual politics of America today, right. sexual fluidity. Absolutely. There is uh, materialism, as was discussed. Yeah. Uh, there's um, a culture war in the United States, uh, one that I did not grow up with or wasn't aware of it today. It's so visceral. Uh, there's the, the the politics of, of now uh, the presidential race, right? And and I, I think to myself, okay, if I'm getting outside of the church walls, I'm going to work on a lot of things in my community, in my neighborhood, my right. state, and my country. What do I need the problems of the Middle East for? What do I right. need to be involved in that? It's a good question. It is, and and again, I think a problem with my generation is. Uh, Pastor Robert, you said a second ago um, that it's not that they, they don't care about it. I think they're just, I think the fathers, the spiritual fathers, have not done a good enough job of making it important enough. And so rather than, um, rather than know what they're talking about or what, what their faith is when it comes to this and what their understanding is, they just kind of push it to the shelf. And so me personally, I've, as a pastor, just kind of brushed past it for several years. Okay, we're just not going to talk about that because we're not sure what we believe. Mm -hmm. I grew up with a replacement theology and uh, taught from an evangelical standpoint that the church has replaced the Jews. And so about three years ago, studying myself and with my pastor's circles that I'm a part of, I started to ask questions because what I was reading and what I'm feeling in my heart doesn't line up. And so, and what I've been taught as a young man. And so uh, just talking with some of my uh, Christian friends and pastors that I'm in circles with, an opportunity came up, uh, he, and he said, would you like to go to Israel? And I'm like, absolutely, I'd like to go to Israel, because I want to go put my feet, boots on the ground, you said a second ago, get there in the place so that I can start to educate our generation as well. And I'm just so grateful to uh, be on this trip. You know, I think it's, I think it's incredible uh, that you've brought young millennials, you called us. Uh, I'm... Uh, 36, so I guess I'm still there, huh? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but I think it's important. It's important for us to educate uh, the younger generations. So, so basically what you're telling me is opposed uh, to Pastor Nelson, right. you're coming from a place not of like this kind of classic pro-Israel, you know, right. sense of the, you're coming from a completely the opposite place. Right, right. And, and maybe your church isn't even there yet. Your flock isn't, Well, I. Or they're in a process. Here's what I've seen. Even this week, as I've posted some things, obviously they know I'm here, but as I've posted some things on Facebook and social media, the older generation in our church are waving a flag. Man, it's awesome that our pastor's there. The younger generation go, what are you doing there? And so I find myself, as soon as I get back, even now having to give a defense of why I'm here, what am I doing here, what's it all about, and, uh, and I'm excited to do so. Well, I, I think that that's that what you just said now is um, just plain fascinating because I think that kind of... Uh, I saw uh, Pastor Stern smiling broadly right now because I think to myself <laughs> that maybe that is the mission. Absolutely. Uh, there, there's, uh, there's, and it's a There's this vacuum. One. Right. Yeah. Well, well, and it's still in fight. You still, have to, you still have to make that case to them when you come back. Correct. Yeah. So I, I think that Pastor Stern is smiling because he's thinking that's exactly what I want to attack. Right. That, that emptiness... Uh, that vacuum that very well may lead to a completely different conclusion about what Israel is. And there are forces out there that want young people and certainly right. Christians to come to a different conclusion. You are correct. You are. 
Okay, so I want to thank you so much, uh, Pastor Benson. Thank you. And, Pleasure and to be here. I hope to see you in Texas one day soon. Yes, sir. And keep keep those Texans strong. <laughs> and please pass the mic back to Pastor Stearns. So there you go, Pastor Stearns. Uh, your your uh, it got flushed out. Uh, what the um, what the real mission here is of of educating these quote unquote millennials, uh, these young pastors, and helping them be thought leaders for their flock. Listen, you know Israel's story tells itself. Whether it is the question uh, of the past injustices that the Jewish people have faced, or the current realities of what is surrounding her. Uh, you can't learn the reality of this place in 20-second sound bites on CNN. Who is Fatah? Who is Hamas? Who is Hezbollah? What's the 67 line? What's the 40? It, it, you can't learn it in that way. That's right. You need to get here. You need to get centered. You need to, you need to absorb and understand and have those reference points. And so that's why, in my perspective, it's not that uh, younger evangelicals are moving away from Israel. I think younger evangelicals are learning and discovering their faith on their own, in their own generation. The past generation's catalytic energy for this place came out of the rebirth of the state of Israel, which was seen as a prophetic fulfillment, and out of the horrors of the Shoah, which was seen as the greatest... And and those are very clear lines. Those are are very broad lines. It's like, the Holocaust, six million people died. That must be something. A rebirth of the Jewish state... That must be something. But here, when we're past those kind of very dramatic moments, when we're in the thick of the story, and and there's question marks, and there's competing narratives, and things aren't so shiny or so clear, that's when you have to actually educate, and as you said before, create a new framework to fall in love, to connect. So it's time to respectfully grow up, educate yourself, get here, dive in. Uh, It can't stay a peripheral issue. Listen, it's the front lines issue on every university in America, including around the world. It is the front line issue at the United Nations day after day after day. This is not a peripheral issue that's going to be on the sidelines. And with all due respect to the social justice movement, it doesn't require any kind of moral clarity to dig a well. It doesn't require any kind of moral clarity to fight malaria. It requires moral clarity and thoughtfulness to get in here, engage, go deep, and figure this thing out. So true social justice is not, and those things are good. Dig a well in Africa, you know, fight malaria, do those things. It's important. I'm not discounting the importance of that, but that isn't bringing justice to a situation. That's bringing help to a situation. The struggle over this land is a struggle for justice, for truth. Can I say justice for the Palestinians who are being used as pawns by the greater pan-Arab narrative to sustain these people in limbo for how many generations? And the jihad that uh, first and foremost attacks normal Arabs who want a decent life here in Israel, who don't see their cousins as the greatest devil in the world, and they cannot speak. I cannot shake hands in my neighborhood with Arabs that I know like to shake my hand because I know they know I know and they know that people are watching them and they're afraid of that jihad that attacks the tolerant, the decent, the friendly Arab who wants to have a decent life here in the Middle East within Israel. So I think the encouragement to your listeners uh, is that 
Uh, there is a new generation of evangelical. They have not abandoned Israel. They need a reintroduction. We've got, <laughs> right, that happens in business. That happens in, that happens in every sphere of life. You've got to pass it on. You've got to pass the legacy on. You have to pass the relationships on. And that's what we're doing. And Yishai, I mean, the great work you do uh, in radio, the great work you do uh, in Hebron, and, and in all that you're doing as, a, as a, uh, an ambassador, really, is just so very important because we are bridging a 2,000-year divide. There has been 2,000 years of uh, miscommunication, non-communication that has resulted for the Jewish people in terror, uh, in horrific acts, atrocities against the Jewish people under the name of Christianity. But there is a new breed of Christian rising up in the earth that has appreciation and identification with the Jewish people and the land of Israel, and it's time to write a new story. Okay, Pastor Robert Stearns of Eagle's Wings bringing a trip of uh, 25 pastors, young pastors uh, from across the United States, most of whom, almost all of whom have never been to Israel, including uh, Pastor Matt Benson from Longview, Texas, who we spoke with who had never been to Israel, and you're co-leading it with Pastor uh, Rusty Nelson from Huntsville, Alabama. I want to thank you so much, and I hope that people connect to you, uh, uh, those people who are looking for a connection to Israel uh, through Eagle's Wings. And I uh, appreciate your good words about broadcasting because that's exactly what we have to do. We have to broadcast. Absolutely. We have to broadcast a message. All right, folks, from the Mount Zion Hotel. We are in Mount Zion, indeed, broadcasting Torah to the world. Stay tuned, folks. More great stuff is on the way. Stay strong and shalom.